what are you like? It was just, I mean, I was like, this is so- don't work. No, I was like, she's making it look so easy. That's her superpower. Yeah. Don't you know this? Yeah. In the comics, she fell into a vat of radioactive bobby pins and now she can unlock any door using a bobby pin. <laughs> That's not true. I kind of like, wasn't sure if you were serious or for and gals and welcome to another episode episode well this episode was ecky i guess of exo exo riverdale i'm louis perlman i'm kate batter we have a a special guest with us today we are very excited to have her she is a new york city stand-up comedian uh she writes for reductress she works at earwolf which is very cool and she has a monthly show at the magnet theater that's called everyone is sad that's basically a rotating stand-up show that is amazing and she's going to be at caroline's comedy club on may 21st let's welcome to the show riverdale fanatic perry gross (laughs) hello jingle jangle fans (laughs) oh boy (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for having me. I kept like every time I would make a weird Instagram story with a zoom in on like Archie I would, and then you'd comment on it. I'd be like, please, I want to be on this so bad. Yes. <laughs> and here we are now friends till the end. Yeah. Figuring out what's going on on the show. Yeah. But the, uh, we won't get it too into it yet, but this is a good episode. This yeah. Is a- this is this is not going to be a hate fest, I don't predict. What do you guys think? No, I really liked it. I think it's way different than the musical. <laughs> yeah, this is. I, I really like the lack of singing in this episode. Yeah, this is substantially less singing. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't mind the musical episode because I thought it was so ridiculous that it was kind of enjoyable because it was so. I mean, God bless. Nonsense. But the end was like amazing, so it made up for everything that happened. Yeah, the end was yeah. a, was I very very it memorable. Made up for everything, but it helped. Yes, yeah. it it was just. I mean, I I would never watch it again. <laughs> there was too much. Singing. The singing was so bad. <laughs> much of it. it was, I felt like the second they started singing, I was like, we have too much. Yeah. Also, why was there no like teacher director? It was just. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, what was that fucking Mr. Flute Snoot from the comics directing that show? You know, that's who it should have been. You know, like, <laughs> anyway. So, Kate, you have some social media news you want to talk about, right? About what's going on with the stars' social media. Well, first of all, the official title for what we've been calling The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is, in fact, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Cheers to that. Yes, yeah. not a huge surprise, but it is so official. Now, now we don't have to, like, retrain ourselves. That's right. Um, a funny thing, so at that Riverdale Rivercon last week, yes, KJ and Cole did a like a panel together thing in Q and A, and someone asked them each like which actor or actress they would most like to work with, and they said in unison Dylan Sprouse. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's really odd. It's it's actually very funny. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's the way that they both said it too. Yeah. 
the actress and actor who played Tony and Reggie are seasoned regulars for season three. Yeah, which is awesome because they're good characters. Yeah. And then I got to say, Cody Kearsley, our dear friend Moose, is really pushing Kevin and Moose as a couple. Yeah, which is great, you know. Um, and I'd like to see that by season end. I think we know, all. Now that I've gotten over Midge dying in such a horrible way. I know. Just a little bit of comics news that I learned today by reading Twitter. But I think this is all very funny. So there was a free comic book day, Riverdale comic, that came out on mm-hmm. Saturday, yesterday. Yeah. To the date we're recording this. And, you know, the Riverdale comics that they release are canon. Like, they're uh-huh. official comics. So two important things to know that is now canon in that universe. One... There's a Nessie-style monster that lives in Sweetwater River. Oh, my God. I know. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I like that. I hope that that becomes a thing. That would be like the new Black Hood, but like like an animal addition to the Black Hood. Yeah, (laughs) two, they're trying to find this this serial murderer. And then season two, they're trying to prove that Nessie's real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. That'd be awesome. (laughs) And then the other big piece of news that is also equally a wackadoo is that apparently once a year, Satan comes to Pops' chocolate shop and Pops serves him a hamburger. What? (laughs) It's Satan, not Madam Satan? No, it's Satan Satan. It's not Madam Satan, who's a Sabrina character, just for you to know. Right, and Pops is just like on board? Apparently, he just does it, yeah. Okay. So, you know, Archie comics... Special comic book day edition. Archie comics have always been, like, really sort of... He's very strange under the surface, but I feel like Riverdale has allowed it to just really go in these directions. It's like... Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I just love it. I love it. Anyway, that's, that's all my comic book news, but I thought our listeners would want to hear about that. So do we want to talk about the episode or is it time? Episode episode 33, Shadow of a Doubt. Yeah. yeah. So a Hitchcock movie where someone's uncle isn't really their uncle. Ooh. Okay. That that completely feeds into my Black Hood theory. Okay. Which we'll talk about later. Yeah. So the episode opened, it was mostly like in the beginning, like a lot of like Betty, Betty stuff. Yes. Like her, like figuring out like okay is this is this my is my dad the black hood then they like then her and cheryl are like synced up now because i guess like it's like the murderer like dad club gal pal thing (laughs) you're way ahead now Uh, yes yes but well yeah well that's good we'll start with betty and we'll go through betty's arc for the episode yeah i do want to say right up top archie is campaigning purposefully not about Midge's death, which I really like. I mean, he was searching for the Black Hood, but, like, yeah, campaigning on, like, positive values. So, wait a second, Kate. Do we want to talk about Archie first, or do we want to talk about Betty first? Because uh, we need I to keep this train on the track, Katie. All Betty's right, let's talk about Archie first, and then we'll get... So we'll do all of Archie's arc, and then we'll do Betty's after. That's fine. Okay. Also, Archie is campaigning door-to-door in order to look I at know. men's eyes. <laughs> To figure out if they're the Black Hood, which is so weird. It's so right. weird. And then Archie is like speaking with Hiram about it. And Hiram's like, I'm really disappointed that you're campaigning for your father. And Archie's like, I'm doing it to look at men's eyes 
to find the Black Hood, and Hiram's immediately just like, well, that checks out. That's fine. Yeah, great. Sounds good. The Hiram-Archie relationship is, like, very... It's kind of getting a little odd to me. Like, it feels... Like, it's like Archie's going completely against his dad, but then now, because his dad's in danger, he's coming back to him, but then Hiram still has, like, a hold of him, but then Archie's kind of pushing away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that was a big Archie thing this episode, where he, like, found out that the the circle of, of boys, <laughs> the dark circle, yeah, is the re- paid by Hiram, basically. Yes. Yes. The I circle... Think- I think we should just call it the circle of boys from now on. Yeah. I yeah. gotta love that. Yeah. I think more and more Archie's just being used by Hiram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Archie's coming to realize it because he's, he's, he's like, he's fairly like empathetic and astute. Like he's beginning to yeah. get it, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Because there was sort of that whole mid season arc of him being like junior mafia, which was yeah. sort of not really as fun as this is now, you know? I guess like after he was like tortured by Veronica's yeah uh, rapey boyfriend that yeah. I think he was like hey maybe like this family's like bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is indeed the truth yeah <laughs> what he happens next with the, Archie Kate what happens next is that he goes to see. First, we see all of the signs for the dark circle, which looks like before you die, you see the ring. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yes. Or it looks like the language in Arrival, if any of you yes. saw that. Yeah. But Jughead basically says, lay off the serpents. It's not them. And Arch believes him because yeah. they're friends again all of a sudden, which is a real yeah. relief. Yeah. yeah. The worst line I've, sure, I've heard in all, like every episode of the show, if I add them all together, the worst line was when Jughead called himself an iconoclast. I love that line. I wrote it, and then I wrote, I gag. (laughs) (laughs) But that's exactly how he would describe himself. I know, it's so gross. (laughs) I loved it. And then Archie goes with Veronica to meet with Elio. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, Archie goes to meet with Elio, who's one of, like, the handsome mob boys. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they just, like, hired models to, like, and put them in suits. They were all, like, Armani models. Yeah. Talked about uh, starting casino. Wait, I want to say he discussed Papa Poutine's son looking for payback, and Papa Poutine's son is Small Fry. Yes. Yeah. I that was amazing. Yeah, this is one of the best things that's happened in the entire season. I thought that was very. I mean, I don't know, Louie, because you know the comics more, but that sound it sounded comic book e. It is so in line with the way that they would write the characters' names, and Papa Poutine is in that realm as well, and they're both characters that were invented for the show, but this is a really great place where that very goofy, like, kids' comedy aesthetic for those comic books has melded with this weird, sort of scary, you know, noirish world, and I love it. I mean, Small Fry, could that be more fun? Could the writers have had more fun writing that, you know? Yeah, that was like, I, I I really enjoyed that. And it was just, it was interesting that they brought it up again. Now Archie's going to be a target for this whole little junior mob gang now too. It was mm-hmm. like, a hint that this is like, what's to come? You know what I mean? They're setting up a whole new plot line of him being mm-hmm. more involved in the mob. Mm-hmm. Or, or wanting to get out and yeah. not being able to. Yeah. Because yeah. now yeah. he's like tied to this thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's very true. And, and might end up being actually a little more fruitful in terms of like plot development than like him getting into the mob in the first place was, which was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 What happened next with Archie, Kate? Sure. Um, let notes. what I have in my folder. And the answer is a copy of my old lease. Oh, um, uh-huh. Good. Okay. Anyway, uh, Archie comes home to find the note on the door, your next sinner. That's right. Um, the cops come. They say, if you want to cancel town hall, Archie's like, we should. Fred's like, nah, man. <laughs> I have to prove I'm not afraid. Yeah, yeah, it's can't give in to fear. We also really find out that it was should have been canceled, but yeah, yeah, it I sure should have. No one got hurt at the town hall. Yeah, because it was a TV gun where it didn't work properly. Also, I mean, it worked fine. He just couldn't aim at Fred anymore because he was behind a podium. Yeah, yeah, but like, if I think that was he the, to scare him. Do you think it was to scare them? I think so. It's interesting. Like, I, I, I feel like he doesn't want to kill him him yet. Like he doesn't want to kill the candidates yet. It felt it felt like a scare tactic to me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh we'll uh, I think we're still parsing out the Black Hood's mo- full motivation. Yeah. Although I have some real ideas when it comes to that. Uh that I'm going to share during the power ranking. <laughs> yes. I have, a, I have a question. Yes. Why why is Archie's dad a target of the Black Hood? I kind of have forgotten why he is like a sinner or why he's in the category of a sinner. Cause I feel like he hasn't done much wrong, but except for just like having that affair with like Hermione, is that basically, I think that's what it is. I think it's adultery. Okay. Terrible. So doesn't that make Hermione a target as well? Yeah, why right. is providing that Hermione and the Lodges aren't in cahoots? Yeah. they're basically the only ones who have never been a target. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, that doesn't fit into my Black Hood theory, but it's interesting nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, because Veronica's, like, never, like, rounded up either. Like, she's not involved like Betty is. Yeah, despite the fact that Veronica is very sexually active for a teenager and also is quite the little criminal as well. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. We'll get we'll get into that later. I have a whole. Yeah, speaking of Veronica as a criminal, Hiram will not accept the casino program. Pro- no. And then we immediately cut to Archie up all night with a bat in case the sheriff falls asleep or in case the deputy falls asleep. Back to our early season two, Archie. Mm-hmm. But he admits in this one that Fred getting shot broke him. Yes. Yeah. And that's good because this something Perry just for you to know we've talked about in the past is like this show not acknowledging trauma properly. Yeah. And sometimes it's understandable because things happen so quickly on the show, but sometimes yeah. it's nice to take a moment and be like, yeah, this would break the character, you know? And yeah. it comes up that working with Hiram makes him feel less helpless. Yeah, that's true. But mm. I also feel like they showed, they really showed Cheryl breaking. Like mm-hmm. she's been broken this whole season. Mm-hmm. what happened in the past season. I guess, I don't know, maybe it's just because they usually don't show, like, men being broken like that, The because Archie's supposed to be, like, the main, you know, yeah. boy lead, but, like, yeah. Cheryl is, is is completely broken after her um her dad kills her brother. Mm-hmm. And then she gets put into that, like, uh, weird uh, 
nun camp. Mm-hmm. The Sisters of yeah. Quiet Mercy. Yes. Another really great name on this show. <laughs> we could call it nun camp, though. Huh? Yeah. We should just I'm call it a, I'm very bad at like remembering names of places and characters and shows, so I'm just going to freestyle with it, but you guys will know exactly what I'm talking about, probably. Oh, we certainly <laughs> will. That's our yeah. job, Perry. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, it's interesting that the idea that Archie is trying to reclaim his power by being part of the mob, but it makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I think a lot of people sort of gravitate towards, like, mob or gang mentalities specifically because they feel like something's happened that they've lost control, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, cool. So we find out the dark circle went to the white worm and Archie is awoken by a phone call that's angry Jughead because the dark circle lit dumpsters on fire and slashed tires. And Archie's like, that's impossible because I'm the little leader. Uh But guess who's the leader now? Stinking Reggie Mantle. Classic Reg. Yep, the prankster of Riverdale. He is such an interesting character because I feel like he is just... He was, like, so mad about um, Midge sleeping with Fangs, but there was no indication that he had any... Like, he didn't really have much of a relationship with her. So why is so, he... Yeah. Yes. This... We can totally talk about this now. I this, think we should talk about the Jughead. Oh, oh, because of the way it's related to Fangs? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, but I have a big comics-related Reggie theory. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Archie refuses going on a ride-along with a cop to look for the black hood. Yes. Cause he wants to stay with his pops. Right. Who was Not just pops, his pops, his Sorry. pops, who was just, just shot at by the black hood. Yes. Which I kind of thought was interesting that he just declined going. Yeah. It was weird, but I think it's also because he knows that that new sheriff is under the control of, of so the- it doesn't matter if he goes. Yeah, yeah, that it's sort of time for him. He's trying to sort of emancipate himself from the control of the lodges. Yeah. So he doesn't want to actually be involved with this sheriff. Right. Yeah. Um, the next second segment with Archie is the final segment, and I think we should wait to talk about that as, like, one whole thing. Sure. That's great. So do we want to talk about Betty next? We could talk about Miss Beth. Yeah, Betty Super Sleuth. Cooper. Betty Super Sleuth. So uh, this was a good detective episode for Betty and not yeah. a bad why are you making these choices episode for Betty. A lot yeah. of uh, a lot of use of bobby pins and unlocking. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I think she did that like 3 times in this episode. I was like what are you like it was just I mean I was like this is bobby so- pins don't work. No, <laughs> I was like she's making it look so easy. That's her superpower. Yeah. Don't you know this? Yeah, in the comics, she fell into a vat of radioactive bobby pins, and now she can unlock any door using a bobby <laughs> pin. That's not true. I kind of like wasn't sure if you were serious or for at first, but yeah. I don't know that. Um, I it was getting like kind of repetitive that she kept doing that. It was just yeah. like a problem that Betty has. She has bobby pin, then she just walked, like strolled right into these like this Airbnb, which I thought was funny. Yeah, and it was not an Airbnb. It was a Airbnb, a Sharebnb. Yes. Oh yes, another I, great Riverdale fake name. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, anyway, that was a special thing. So Betty up top suspects Hal mm-hmm. and proposes Chick as a test, mm-hmm. and that they pass the test. 
Um, and she tells Jughead that she just brought Chick to a bus stop, but then she does give Jughead her theory that it's Hal. Yes. Yeah, but then he kind of shrugs it off. Right. And, and then so- Betty talks to Cheryl about it. Who also shrugs Cheryl- it off at first. For a second, Cheryl's on the board. Yeah, but Jughead immediately, she shares that information with him, and then he kind of dismisses it as, like, that would be crazy. And then, you know, they, they're just, like, a shot of them just walking down the street. But I feel like she always, she doesn't really share a lot with Jughead. She kind of tells her, like, gal pals a lot of things, or Archie. Like, she doesn't tell big details to Jughead. Like, when the Black Hood was... um calling her he didn't Mm. she didn't tell him about that at all like she she doesn't really confide in him in these like her little like side uh nancy drew projects and you know she could really use his his emotional support yeah because interesting i feel like i wonder i think they do it purposely be like she's a strong lady like solving crimes using her bobby pin without without jug little jug but do you think that it's coming across as just that they're an uncommunicative couple? Yeah, I think it 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 comes off as like it makes me think that in the future they won't be together, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't share a lot with him, like her dark side and all this stuff and these traumas that she's having. She's not really sharing with him, so I feel like it kind of gives not a good grounding for their relationship. So for for the writers to change it if they needed to, because they seem like they're not as like as much of a team as Veronica and Archie are almost like they seem more disconnected. I I agree with that. And uh, I've talked about this before, but in the comics, Jughead is actually now a canonically asexual character. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Which I love uh, because there's just not a lot of representation of asexual people, uh, obviously in most media. And he's just like a totally functional, happy, smart kid who like is not interested in men, men or women, you know, in the comic. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see at least a season where that's the case with Jughead. And people are feeling like at this point, he's sort of when he was cast and Cole Sprouse was cast and people were asking him, is Jughead going to be asexual? He said, I would love to play an asexual Jughead. And then the showrunner said, these are the characters finding themselves and uh, you know, these are not the final versions of the characters that we'll see, but it's been two seasons now and it feels a little like erasure, you yeah. know? Yeah. I know it takes teenagers so long to figure that out. It didn't take me long to figure out that I liked men. Yeah, I <laughs> It took it, me about a weekend. <laughs> I think though that asexuality is like a lesser known thing. So like it doesn't necessarily occur to people for a real long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. And if there's a season where it's written as a journey, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's fine. Cheryl says someone has all the stuff of a marshmallow man, which is very funny. Yes, I love comparing Hal to the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Right, without directly saying Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, but Cheryl doesn't think they should go to the sheriff yet. Mm-hmm. And Betty feels like she's the one that she needs to be the one that stops Hal. Mm-hmm. And Betty also thinks, I don't think he would hurt his own daughter. And Cheryl's like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, my dad killed my own brother. I thought that was, I, I don't know. Cause with Betty too, with her, like investigating with her dad and stuff, there was a lot of moments where I thought they were getting like closer kind of, because, 
even if even if like he ends up being the black hood it's almost like betty feels like she also is kind of like the black hood because of her like darkness betty clearly feels that way yeah. yeah our our wonderful editor alicia wrote to us this week and feels that the dark wig that betty wears is also supposed to be symbolic of a black hood in the show yeah which is kind of interesting yeah because like when betty's like confronting hal it's not even it's like she's scared but it's more like she wants to like find like figure her own self out uh-huh through her, her parents totally yeah, yeah absolutely I have a question about Betty. Um, I didn't really understand this part. When a random doctor called and said, I have a body for you, Mrs. Cooper. And then there was no questions asked. And Ms. And, and Mrs. Cooper just has a doctor that gives. We, we saw him before. We've seen that mortician before. It's, it's Dr. Cur- it's Dr. Curdle. I don't remember him. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he's been in, he's been on the show before and there has been pre-established that Dr. Curdle, that um, Alice Cooper pays Dr. Curdle off to see bodies at the morgue when they arrive because she's a reporter. Oh, yes. So okay. Betty just came because Dr. Curdle thought that it was, you know, Alice on the phone and it was actually Betty. Okay. So, so then when Betty arrived at the morgue, she was just like, my money's just as good, Dr. Curdle. But we're Maybe, not there yet. I know, but, you know, I was just explaining Dr. Curdle. I was going to make a great Dr. Curdle joke. Sorry, do your Dr. Curdle joke. Where she, and then she gave Dr. Curdle money and said, maybe you can use this money to change your name. <laughs> That's all. I don't know. I guess I just forgot about him. Because I think Betty's mom just hasn't been like a reporter actively on the show for a while. I kind of forgot that's what she does. Yeah, I think Dr. Curdle, we haven't, have we seen him this season at all? I don't think he's from this season. Yeah, he's been. He was in the season last. He was I in just remember last seeing, like, one. is this guy real? Yeah, yeah. Like, is this a? Is this like a character? Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um. So Alice and Betty go back to the register. Yes. That's thing that happens. That ties in. And Betty stays late at the register to cross house planner with the black hood. That's when the phone rings from the coroner. The body. So the body that Cheryl and Betty see is not chick. Like Betty was hoping hating for yes yeah uh, i actually thought that body looked enough like chick me too i thought I was, it was yeah i was quite confused yeah I think it's pretty clearly not chick but was someone that was like similar like it was maybe another guy from the motel yeah yeah like it took me a little while to figure it all out I, yeah i thought it was him at first and yeah me I as well like, i had to like rewind it and i was like wait I that I did that as well. I was like, I yeah. need to look at the face again. I thought, yeah. So I, I actually thought that was a bit of an awkward like filmmaking moment on the show, where like yeah. they didn't linger <laughs> long enough on the corpse's face or something, and it was like it was a very unclear. Yeah, or they should just have like a, a white guy with black hair instead of blonde hair. So uh, like, totally. I thought he looked. You guys, I thought he looked barely like Chick. Like he was like the same age and that was it. Why? No. Maybe, I thought he looked just like him. Maybe for us all blonde young guys look the same pair. Yeah, they kind of all look the same to me. Yeah, I race, mean, they usually race. do, but yeah. I think maybe I was also like prepared to see Chick. So like when it, the when there was like an immediate difference, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Betty sort of panics about this and Cheryl has to remind her that this is not her fault. And then maybe it's time to say something to Hal. Mm-hmm. And he reacts. 
So Betty goes and confesses to her parents that, like, the Black Hood's been calling her. She delivered Chick to him. She's an accomplice to murder. And she's okay with being an accomplice to murder. Um, and then she goes into the part about her darkness. Mm-hmm. Which we all know about. But then Hal experienced the darkness, too. And like they- what? Like have Like being depressed? Yeah, well, he said that when he was away from the family, he felt that. But the way he, I feel like he related to Betty, like, I felt that way, too, was, like, really sly. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I, it felt like really, it felt like they were playing into something. Mm. I thought it was actually the show trying to get you to think he was. I don't think that. Yeah, I think they were trying to play into it. Yeah, I don't think he, I think what he was might have been referring to was his, like, escapades with Cheryl Blossom's mom. Mm-hmm. Or, like, that kind of darkness, yeah. maybe. Like, just, like, misbehaving darkness. Because I feel like on this show, like, having that darkness means being, like, a sinner in the Riverdale world. Mm-hmm. So it could have been him saying that he did dark things when he was away from the family, meaning that he, like, slept with... Cheryl Blossom's mom or like did jingle did drugs or whatever like that kind of stuff like maybe he was like admitting that he's not like you know a perfect dad yeah you you were right the first time when you stopped yourself and said did jingle jangle yeah it's the only drug that apparently exists in Riverdale that's the only drug yeah that exists in New York City yeah jingle jangle yeah Do you but, think if you're like withdrawing from Jingle Jangle, you would say you have the jangles? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like yes. Jingles just jing- jingling out. Cool, cool, cool. Let me know when you want to move on, but uh, we can really spin this joke if we want. <laughs> I don't know. Like that whole interaction at the table, I feel like Betty's kind of getting off the hook a little bit with basically luring that guy luring chicken to being killed which i think is like kind of like the show's skipping over that a little bit but she like really like wanted him to get murdered by this uh psychopath killer with a mask on like it's i feel like they kind of skimmed over that a lot which i thought was i don't know it's just getting like kind of weird with betty with her like weird relationship with this middle-aged man that wears a mask that calls her all the time and it, it feels like really a little, I feel like it's the most uncomfortable part of the whole show for me. I think that's, I understand that. I think that's very valid. I think that everything that's happened with the Coopers this season has been a little actually, uh, no pun intended, but a little darker than a lot of the other stuff we've even seen on the show so far. Yeah. And once again, when it comes to like dealing with trauma, I hope that's somewhat addressed because like everything that happened with Chick and the house as well, was yeah, really was... genuinely scary, you yeah. know? And and the way that ended up being resolved was was harrowing and could really crush, your, destroy your life. That Betty was sort of forced to make this decision. Either this guy's going to keep terrifying us or I'm going to send a murderer after him. I mean, that's a terrible choice. What a terrible Betty's choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and they, like, trapped him in the basement like that and was torturing him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jughead was punching him and all that. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Like, it was it was really upsetting. I feel like Betty is, like, a very – her whole character is pretty upsetting recently. Like, everything yes. she does is, like, you know, it's just 
I, I don't really like her as a character because of it. Cause it's so everything she does is motivated by her dark, her darkness. Mm-hmm. And she's associated with this murderer. Then she tries to kill, killed her brother essentially. And then she also like brother. What? Not, not her brother. But killed someone. Like she made it so someone would get killed. It's a far cry from the bright young woman who interned under Toni Morrison. Right, she interned for Toni Morrison. That's right. In, in the first episode of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, very like I don't know. I just I I I I'm interested with her story, but I always it kind of like takes away from the campiness of the whole thing for me a little bit. Cause her, mm-hmm. her side is very, it's like a, it's like a thriller. Like a psych. I don't know. It's, it's, it freaks me out. Uh huh. I, 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 it's the sort of thing where I've been totally along for the ride with it. Cause it's been so, it has been sort of so gripping, but yeah. what, if the ramifications aren't addressed, then it would will become problematic. You know yeah. what I mean? As the show yeah. continues, you know, like as we talked about Archie saying this week that really when Fred was shot, it ruined him. That's really the first admission of that. I'd love for like in season three for Betty to be like chick living with us and what he put me through and the black hood calling me. I am a broken woman. Yeah. And I need to regain my, my, you know, my intuition about myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, we haven't seen that yet. And she's probably the character that's kind of like, she like buried Archie. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. Been, You're like best friend. Yeah. Like she's been through like the, like the worst out of all the characters, I feel like. Cause it's been oh, all isolating too. She's by herself in all of it. Yes. And it's like emotionally, it's like this scary form of emotional abuse. Yeah. 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 It, it feels like she's being almost like abused by this older man that's a masked man, which mm-hmm. is like, it's like, it's just, she's being manipulated by him too. And then it, it potentially being her father makes it feel really gross. Yep. Well, more incest on the show, right? Yes. Yes. So they find out that Hal is still paying for a share B&B. Yes. Cheryl and Betty break in and they find Betty's Nancy Drew's secret code book. Yeah. And boy, that share B&B is gross. Sure yeah. is. Yeah, like Master. clean up after yourself, buddy. You're an adult yeah. with children. Yeah, he's such. Regardless of whether he ends up being the Black Hood or not, he's such a doof. Yeah, and I'm so over him as a character, Hal Cooper. Me too. Yeah, like seeing his share being B, I was like, oh, this guy. He's the worst parent on the show. Like the lamest. Totally. Oh yeah, the lamest. I wouldn't say the worst, but the lamest. Yes. Who's the coolest yeah. parent on the show? Fred. Yes. Fred. Yeah, agreed. Not FP. FP's pretty great. Yeah, I still think it's Fred. I think because FP, like, causes trouble, whereas FP is just, like, relatably cool. Oh, Fred's relatively cool? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Fred had a band called the Fredheads. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's just, like, a, he's, like, a true dad, like, through and through, too. Like, yes. FP, like, kind of fell apart being a dad, but, like, Fred's always been one, baby. Yeah, Fred's, like, a quintessential dad. I agree. I anyway. do. I do like Cheryl's mom the best, though. <laughs> well, she's she, really not the best parent. She's, no, she's like, but she's, I think she's my. She, I think she's my favorite character. Really? <laughs> yeah, because she's just a witch. Like she's an actual mystical 
magical witch. Like she's Nana not. Rose certainly is. Yeah. Yeah, Nana Rose. Like th- that whole. I just love the like, like sorcery that's in her eyes and how she's like a prostitute. <laughs> it's like so fun. Uh, yes. No. 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 That is true. Like there is definitely like a supernatural element to the blossoms that we haven't really figured out what's going on with it yet and is but is like heavily laid over into the show and we think we'll cross over into sabrina as well yeah yeah i mean sabrina happens in the past so i think nana rose is the connector but you know we haven't gotten confirmation yet that sabrina is going to take place in the 60s like the comics do that's true it might take place in present day like we'll just see but if nana rose is a teenage girl character in the sabrina show that'd be really cool that's fine yeah. Anyway. Um, a note on Betty. Alice loves moderating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Alice should. Yeah, she moderated the uh, the high school debate too, right? Yeah. Ridiculous. So much moderating. Maybe she should be a professional moderator. She's just like always involved in mostly everything with the with the whole. She's she's the ringleader of it, kind of, because she also was in that horrible musical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no it's, a run, it's a running gag at this point in the show that she's just at the school all the time for no reason. Yeah, that mom. She's like, "Hey guys, we going to cam?" And they're like, "You don't go here." Yeah, it's yeah. like you are you are fifty years old. Yeah, like, please. <laughs> I'll see you at home. Yeah. <laughs> now, at the debate, it's important that when the Black Hood starts shooting, Hal is with Betty. Yes. Which feeds into my theory. So, Betty confronts Hal about having her favorite book, and he said he just bought it for her birthday. But yeah, Betty, which is such a doofy excuse. Yeah, yeah. Betty does not believe him. It's no. very clear that Betty does not believe him. I thought it was interesting... That's the excuse they they wrote in, but because I think it's true. I think I mean we could go into the theories later, but I don't think that he used that purposefully. I think it's just a connection that Betty made. Yeah, you think it's a red herring? Yeah, I think it's to make us keep thinking that it's Hal, but I don't think that it's him. And that's something that the show does really well is yeah. that it really does keep us guessing. So, yeah. so Betty calls Hal and says we need to finish this conversation we started. Yes. Meet me at the town hall where this all began yes. just from the beginning. Just Hal and Betty. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting there and waiting and there's a knock. But right. it's not really a whole sequence later. It's not a knock on the town hall. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into it though. So that's Betty's arc. I think we should talk about Juggy next. Let's talk about Juggy. That was sort of big. Let's talk about Jug, baby. <laughs> Oh, Kate. <laughs> that was very good. 90s do have a full day and like don't have anyone at my job to relate to about it because they're all children or younger than me or like substantially older than me. Not substantially, I shouldn't say that about him, but like no one's my age. Yeah. So I can't make 90s R&B references. It I was very good. I loved it. Thank you. You're welcome. We can get a superstar all day. Oh, that's a really good song. I know. Do you know what I play when I DJ a lot because people like just go crazy? Return of the Mac. Yeah. It's wonderful. Anyway. <laughs> uh, cool, 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 cool across the board. We're talking about Jughead, right? Yes. 
So we find out that all the ghoulies are out of Shangsha. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Shangsha. Yeah, great job saying that with a straight face, Kate. <laughs> Thank you. Do you guys yeah. think it's a dairy main? <laughs> Probably. Oh my God. It's like all the names are so incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's such a love letter to Stephen King, so much of the show, which I love. You know, there's a, sh- a Hulu show that's starting this summer that's called Castle Rock. Uh-huh. That basically crosses over a bunch of different characters from different Stephen King books yeah. in like a serialized drama. And it, if Castle Rock is good, it would be amazing to do a Riverdale Castle Rock crossover. It'd be insane. Yeah. Like Pennywise is going to be in it. The scary I clown. I crossover, actually. I changed my mind. It'd be Almost. awesome. Anyway. I feel about like adding magic to Riverdale. Like, Yeah, you're against it. I like it. I, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I think it could be done in a fun way. But anyway. I hate magical realism. I think it's a waste. Um, <laughs> so we find out that Midge and Fangs are boning. We're boning. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm like, I could have sworn we were running on Fangs as gay. Yes. Yeah. Like we all agreed. I uh, yes, but yeah. I I guess Fangs was just queer. Yeah. He's just he's he's just he likes men and women or whatever, and that's great. Uh, because I guess Midge goes for men who like both men and women. That's true. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, why I was confused with like who he was because yeah. I was like, but isn't that like the gay kid? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that can't be right. But then, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. about the gay kid, this is what I saw in the credits. Before we get to the big reveal, I saw Rob Rako in the credits here. Yes. And you were like, oh, amazing. I was like, oh, my God. I think I gasped. Because we had just last week written him off. Yeah. I, I didn't think he'd be back, that character at all. I was like, there's... I forgot who he, I really, they all kind of, they all really kind of look the same. <laughs> it is that they all kind of are tall, skinny boys with dark complexions. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this before that like, maybe there's supposed to be some sort of like connection to like the native Americans of Riverdale. In... Right, that was what Tony was doing there, but it also seemed like they might be Latino. Yeah. Yeah. That there's like an ambiguous ethnicity to them, but they really have cast like, a bunch of like sort of p- gorgeous, pale, tall boys to be these yeah. characters. Yeah. Like this is a casting where if Timothy Charlemagne wanted to guest star, it would be perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think he would fit in with the. Yeah. Maybe I just want to bring him up. Yeah. Maybe you just want to mention. I want you just want to say this one celebrity's name wrong, but act like you're cool about it. Oh, is that, did I pronounce it wrong? Salome, there's no R in there. Oh, I didn't know. Hey kids, it's your dad doing a podcast for the kids. <laughs> Talking yeah. about the real well-known kids actor. Yeah, kid actor Timothy Charlemagne, who was in. I call him that too, Louie. It's okay. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, that movie where they say each other's names wrong. They say each other's names wrong. <laughs> it's called "This Is My Name." Yeah. <laughs> it's called "Hello, my name is Elio. It is nice to meet you." Yeah. Oh, thank you. My name is Oliver. It's nice to meet you as well. The end. So we find out that Sheriff is going through Jughead's footage frame by frame and that Fangs is basically stuck, like in limbo. Yes. Um, and FP is like, well, get ready for a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like how like FP kind of gets like when things are going to flare up with the South Side and, and, and Riverdale in general, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And then this footage of Fangs leaks. Yes, through the register. Right. And when they come to get him, he drops the switchblade, which is a big all no no. Yeah, and also everybody just assumes he's guilty. And yeah. definitely there's something that needs to be explored in this show regarding mob mentality. Because yeah. it is something that we get into a lot with the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But is it's a little like, why does everybody just assume this about this kid immediately, you know? Especially after, like, the Black Hood was, cite- like, was cited an hour before, like, shooting everyone. <laughs> yes, that's a huge plot hole later on in the episode. And then they still were, like, blaming him. But every like, time there's, like, a serpent thing to blame, they just blame the serpent. Yeah, they're like, like, we're out for this guy's blood. He's going free. We're out for his blood. And, like... Literally, there was just a shooting that was confirmed that it was the Black Hood. Like, that yeah. that doesn't make a lot of sense on the show. It's, yeah. like, always just, like, some kind of, like, mob gang waiting to, like, attack the serpents. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Poor serpents. Misunderstood. So, Mary McCoy is representing Fangs pro bono. Yes. Which is, what? she's, like, ready for blood. What's her first name? Um, we know it. Yeah, because I was like, I want to call her Mayor McCoy, but that's not correct anymore. She's not the mayor anymore. No. Oh, what's her first name? Tierra. Oh, oh Tierra. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, but why do we think she agrees to represent him? I think she's just ready for a fight. Really? You think she's just trying to cause unrest? I don't think she wants to cause unrest. I think it. she's not getting like these really hard-hitting cases, probably because she was the mayor and she hasn't been back in it for a while. Mm-hmm. I think she's coming out at um, the lodges, and I think she knows that they have something to do with the the outrage over the serpent. So I think she's trying to get back at them a little bit by defending him because she and the lodges are are at odds right now because they basically like pushed her out. Right, but then she's also working for Veronica. But Veronica is like not associated with yeah. her dad. All these protesters against Fangs outside the prison. Outside the jail, it's not even prison. And at this point, this is when we see Joaquin back from San Junipero. I know, and it was so nice to see him. I, I just, as a little aside, and I think this is great for our listeners to know, while Kate was watching this episode, she texted me and was like, oh my god, are you watching Riverdale? And was it because Joaquin came back? You texted no, me I that? Just at the end of the episode. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I didn't know. I just didn't remember the timing of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Because you look just because you like the episode so much. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. 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 I thought it was specifically because Joaquin was coming back because he's such a fan favorite for us. We love him yeah, so there much. There may have been something that made me feel that way, but it wouldn't have been Joaquin. I don't yeah. Think. It was great to see him though. You know, Yeah. I kind of miss having him on the show. I think he's a good character. Yeah. Also, we've been saying his last name wrong this whole time. It's Rocco because it rhymes with taco. Oh, cool. Well, good to know. So it's Rob Rocco. Yeah, but I'm still going to keep saying Rocco for whatever reason. Oh, okay. So insensitive. So insensitive. It's in my brain. Anyway. Uh, so Fangs is being released from the jail, which is a dangerous thing. And Hiram says to Reggie about the Dark Circle, you need to let him walk free. Which is interesting to note. <laughs> but Reggie feels differently. I feel like Hiram did that purposely. Yeah. Yes. I, I think... Well, I mean, obviously Hiram is really fanning the flames when it comes to the dark circle at this yeah. point, uh, which is interesting. But, I mean, that's another 
plot hole I think of this episode. I wonder if there was a scene cut out or something because I think it's related to the shooting as well that the debate that happened, it is very clear that basically the lodges are throwing the dark circle under the bus. Do you know what I mean? I as- wrote the line throws dark circle under the bus. That's head. amazing. Yeah. But right. Because we, we're about to talk about the lodge, all of the lodges. No, no. I just, uh, yeah, totally. I just want to relate it though, to the fact that then there's that whole scene that plays out with Reggie, who yeah. we're not totally going to talk about in full this episode where like Reggie's not smart enough to realize that like he's being a pawn, but I guess he's not. He's yeah. kind of a, one of the real dopey teenager characters on the show, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Veronica? Are we ready? I think we are. I mean, not a lot of growth from Jughead in this episode, but a lot of action from Jughead. Right. A lot of like serpent things, which we usually wrap in with Jughead. And also serpent things that I thought were very compelling when normally with the serpent stuff, we're very often like, oh, no, 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 not more of this. Uh-huh. So I, I enjoyed it this time around. I thought it was a fun sort of wrongfully accused storyline, you know? Right. As fun as it can be. I know. Yeah. Dramatic. It was dramatic. It was compelling. Yeah. So Veronica. Uh, mm-hmm. Veronica has five suitors coming to meet her. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. them and she blows them off. She does. Yeah. Her cavalcade of boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of them says when she's later having meals that he would name a horse after her. And she says, no, I want ships named after me. Yeah. What a classy dame. Which is true. I was talking to one of my uh, coworkers today about what we would name a boat if we got to name a boat. And I said I would name the boat Boat. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of being like Hands on the Dark Knight, it would be like Hands on Boat. <laughs> I'd name the boat the Princess Kate and Perry Boat. It always has to be like a, a woman's name. Yes, because boats know. are women. I'm going to say no, but that's because I'm like around boats a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, yeah, because you're a rower. Because my job is with boats. Yeah, yeah. But do they yeah, name the... Do boat they... after me, Louie. I can? Yes. Great. <laughs> uh, Kate, are yeah. the boats named that you work with? The boats, they're names? You, like, are they named? All the boats are named, but, like, uh, uh-huh. Pilates is a person. Dark Knight is just a black boat. Um, okay. 2010, just after the t- kids that bought it. One is Spanish for killer duck, which, <laughs> girl, it, like, the team bought it, and it was named by the girls who, like, won a race in it. Uh-huh. Um, Cuomo's Carol, those are people. I'm trying to think of what else we have. That's cool, though. It's good to Reading learn about it. boat names. Yeah. Now you know about boat names on XOXO Riverdale. Yeah, now you know. There is a team with a boat called Bertha, because it says Bertha with an exclamation point. Ugh, <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> also, there's a there's a DC Masters team called DC Strokes, which is like an LGBT rowing team, and they uh-huh. have a boat called Surrender Dorothy. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. I know. Uh, all right, I'm getting the tr- I'm getting us back on track. So okay, Ronnie well, here. We find out that Hyra's playing the dark circle, and I just want to say this Reggie has the weirdest accent. <laughs> it like drives me up a tree because I don't understand it. Maybe it's somewhat. Is that actor Canadian? I think he's Southern. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of. I don't know where he's from. Whenever I hear him talk, I think he played football for University of I want to say Kentucky. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I, I like know. him on the. Sh- I like him on the show. I like this Reggie. 
Yeah, I just don't like his accent. Yeah. He's the right, like, he carries himself right, though. Totally. Um, so Veronica's paying Mayor McCoy to make sure they can open the casino above board. Mm-hmm. But what did Hiram do, that scoundrel? Hiram took the money away from Veronica yeah. and oh, invested right. it in a trust yeah. so that she can't touch it until she's 21, which means she will never touch it because the the teenagers of Riverdale have been ageless for the past 75 years. Yes. Right. Yes. So poor Veronica. So during the debate, I wrote the sentence, wow, Hermione, wait your turn. Yeah, 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 because she cuts him off, right? She cuts him off to throw the dark circle under the bus and accuse Archie of being their leader when she knows they're paying them and she knows it's Reggie. Yes. And luckily, I she was was sad. I just feel bad for Hermione a lot. Me too. I, 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 I actually saw... I think she knows what she, exactly what she's doing and what's going on around her. You know what? I, actually, I ended up watching a really nice promo interview with um, that actress that plays Hermione. Yeah, Marisol Nichols. And she said in the interview that her character really feels everything would have been much, much better if Hiram had never been released from jail. Yeah. And that's interesting. And I think that plays on the theory that she's actually really in her heart trying to do the right thing and is caught in an impossible situation. Yeah. Right. I think she's just, like, trapped, because if she doesn't, if she's not with Hiram, she's kind of, like, dead. Yeah. She's a mobster, a mob wife. She can't, like, when she tried to be with Fred, even when he was in jail, she was, like, tortured. And then she's basically his puppet to run for mayor. Mm -hmm. And then you see how upset she is at the end of the episode, which, like, I thought was, like, really good acting, where she was, like, so freaked out that she was almost killed. And then... Hiram was like, no, you're going to continue doing this. Hermione should drop out. And Hiram is the one that says the campaign is bigger than the Black Hood. Um, And I wrote Hermione is doing everything for Hiram. Yeah. Hiram does not pull his weight. No. Yeah, he's he's lame-o, Hiram. And they wrote Veronica, yes, queen. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think it's because she called that out. Yeah, like all Hiram does is sit in his study with Archie. Yeah. He pimps his wife and his daughter out to do his, like, bad deeds. And then he does the same to Archie. Like, he literally, like, does that to every character. He just, like, manipulates them and then forces them to do stuff. And then Veronica was, like, defending Hermione at the end of the episode. But it still, like, didn't matter because they're kind of imprisoned by him. Yes. Yeah. And then Veronica says she's supporting Fred. Mm Mm-hmm. She comes over to the house to officially announce it. To tell Fred this, wearing something that you would not wear if you were just going to talk to your boyfriend's dad. Well, is yeah, this... That was, that was crazy. <laughs> like, this was, you know, such a typical Riverdale moment. Because, like, if your mom's just been shot at, and you are literally going over to your boyfriend's father's place to, like, speak with him about something rather serious, uh-huh. at least for me, even as, like, a horny teenager the next step in my time would not be, hey, Archie, let's go upstairs and I want to show you this lingerie. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like she doesn't get that, like, she doesn't need to wear lingerie to make a teenage boy think she's hot. Well, even beyond that, it's just like, really, would you be wanting to have sex at that point in your day? (laughs) Yeah, like, this is not appropriate. I don't know if you're buying the lingerie. 
Did you say where's weird that also like Fred is just like in the room next door? Yeah, gross. <laughs> because in the attic. Yeah, but like none of no, none of this, you know? Like because because there's this missing scene there where like Archie and Veronica had to be like, okay, dad, now we're going upstairs to be alone. Like, no. Get stop well, it. I mean, we talked about this on the show before. Cool dad. Ugh, but then that, but then I don't like that either, because then like it means Fred's a cool dad, where he's like, "Okay, son." Huh. I'm like, "No." Yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, we don't know. Maybe he's like giving them a space, like a safe way to do it, so that they don't like live dangerously. Hmm, that's a good point. Maybe there was a whole missing thing where he was like, "Archie, this is the safe sex talk, and I'm not yeah, going to stop you." Like, make us sit down and watch Archie's safe sex talk, but. Yeah, but although that that totally sounds like a comic that Archie Comics would publish. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Veronica's does this, like, all the time, though, where if there's some kind of trauma that's happened, mm-hmm. uses her sexuality to kind of, kind of get things back to normalcy. And then with mm-hmm. Archie, I feel like with their relationship, she seems like she's 20 years older than him, sort of, with, like, how mm-hmm. she seduces him every time. Yeah, he's like a puppy. And yeah. she's like she's like this like learned woman for she's sure. sure. But maybe that's the kind of woman Archie likes because that also plays into his uh, um, attraction to Miss Grundy. You know? Yeah, it's like very sim- It's just like very similar, but it also makes me feel odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, the sex lives of the teenagers on the show makes us all feel a little odd, and I think that's understandable. Yeah. Before we talk about this final sequence, or this, like, even just final segment, that I think we should talk about in order. Uh-huh. You want to say, the music for this episode was very good. It was great. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, noticeably very good. Yeah, well-sequenced. Emmy, Emmy nomination worthy. Yes. We'll see what uh, happens. So, as soon as we come back from this break, we open with Jughead calling Archie. Yeah. Say the dark circle is out of control of the jail. Yeah. Active crime scene, Betty. She's she's like sitting in that like yeah, the active crime scene because it's an active crime scene. She's back in. Oh, right, right, that's what I was like. Why is she in an active crime scene? Yeah, like yeah, dropped off. Yeah, and instead it's just like open and ready for her to sit there. But she she calls her dad. I want to talk about this, and she says, "Let's go back to where it all began." Right, we talked about that. We need to end this. Yeah, we did. But Hiram's response, or not Hiram, I'm sorry, Hal's response really confused me. Wasn't he just like, okay, I'll be there? Yes. And I was like, why would that be the response unless he is the black hood? how does he know where that place is? Because it's just the town hall. Yeah. And he was there during Betty's speech, so, you know. Yeah. So the serpents come to surround Fangs because in unity there's strength. Yeah. Um, I wrote, who lets their kid go to a riot? Yeah. Like, this is not a protest, and these parents knew it was not a protest. Yeah, and they were like, be back later, Mom, I'm gonna go kill a child. And okay. yeah. go with pitchforks and torches to the jail. Yeah, 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 totally. Archie sees Reggie's moving through the crowd with a gun, and Archie's now pursuing him. Mm-hmm. This monster of his own creation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's really getting his comeuppance now for going a little alt-right earlier on in the season, right? Yeah. 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 Archie manages to tackle Reggie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the gun goes off. Mm -hmm. And when the gun goes off, Archie's hand is covering Reggie's. Yes. So it's like they both shot Fangs. Yeah. Fangs was shot in the stomach. 
And then we see Betty still waiting for Hal, and we hear a knock on the door, and mm-hmm. Cheryl opens the door of the Black Hood. End of episode. Great, great cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. Super fun. Um, yeah, good sequence that tied in everything that had happened in the episode, like quite elegant and quite moving, you know? Uh-huh. So, overall, good episode. We liked it. Good up. Yeah. Uh, we're excited for the last two episodes. Let's do power ranking and crush list. I want to do my power ranking last. Okay. <laughs> because it's my, my black hood theory is related to the power ranking. Okay. I'll go first to set the tone. Cause Perry hasn't done this. I yeah. love it. Okay. So my number one was Betty. Mm-hmm. Number two is Veronica. Mm-hmm. Number three was the black hood. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like even when we don't see the black hood, he's driving like everything. Yes. Yeah. Four was Reggie. Mm-hmm. Five was Jughead. Mm-hmm. Six was Archie. Seven was Fred. Actually, number one was Vegas. Totally fair. Perry, uh, you- Perry, do you have do you have a, a power list you want to share with us? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Hermione. Mm-hmm. I feel like she had like a very. I don't know. I just really like that scene when she was crying and like freaked out. I thought it was like really jarring for like what mm-hmm. it just happened yeah, um from her yeah like you never see like any kind of emotional reaction she's just kind of like standing next to Hiram with her like hand on his shoulder like being like the mob wife yeah totally yeah um Reggie because he was kind of just like all over the place but you could tell that like something was brewing the whole time with him that some that he would kind of like fuck up a bit mm-hmm. um Betty with just her her nonsense. hairpin magic, hairpin girl magic. Her hairpin girl magic was yeah. out of control in this episode. Like yeah. it was like so Nancy Drew with her, and like even at one point when she did the pin on the desk, did you guys notice that she like adjusted her ponytail? <laughs> it's very Violet Beauregard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I read an article that her ponytail is not real. Really? It's like a. It's like some kind of like scrunch thing that they put in the back to make it like really high because she doesn't have that much hair. Oh. Cause if you look at her ponytail, it's like so high and like there's, it's so full. She's out a ponytail. I think it's like her, it's her hair. No, it's her hair, but they have like some kind of, um, like, you know, those like fake buns that people have to make it look like it's a bigger bun. Yep. Yeah. It's like that, but like underneath her ponytail. So it looks like fuller and more upright. Bump it like they used to have in like the early aughts. Yeah. Talking about... I just think it's interesting. I, I agree. I'm like, that's not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Archie's hair as well is always yeah. like, uh-oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I guess um, Fred, but that's kind of it. Sure. No, I think that's a pretty strong list. All right, are you ready to have your minds blown? Yeah. Yeah. Number one, Hiram. Uh-huh. Number two, Hal. Uh-huh. Number three, Claudius. Uh-huh. Number four, Betty. And number five, Veronica. Okay. Because this is my theory. Here we go. I don't think Claudius is Claudius. I think Claudius is uh, Cliff Blossom. Even though it's his dead body? I think that that dead body was Claudius. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I I think that Cliff killed Claudius to fill him in. And that Cliff is masquerading currently as Claudius. And I haven't quite figured this part out yet, but I think that Cliff and Hal are working in tandem 
and they're both the Black Hood, and they're doing it to somehow secure the Blossom fortune together. Yeah. And that also would yeah. make sense why Cheryl, you know, why why Cheryl Blossom's mom, um, why Penelope is so amorous with Claudius is because it's just Cliff. It's her husband. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my theory. That's my Black Hood theory for the week. But I do think that Hal is involved in the Black Hood. I do think. I think he is too, but I don't think yeah. he is involved somehow too. Really? I wonder, yeah. would it, be, it would be an interesting reveal if it was the three fathers on the show. Other or, than Other Frederick than Fred. Dad. Yeah, other yeah. than Fred have sort of conspired to control the town. That'd be very cool. My theory yeah. is um, that Hiram is hiring Hal to be, to orchestrate the Black Hood stuff. So Hal's not like the killer, mm-hmm. but some other dad figure that I'm not really thinking of. But I think Hiram is behind all the Black Hood nonsense. Yeah, um, in order to throw the town into a frenzy and then allow um, yeah. Hermione to be elected. Yep. Yeah, because he also wants her to continue running, so he's not scared for her safety. Veronica's never been confronted in any way by the Black Hood, um, but it's only, mm-hmm. like, Archie and Betty and, and kind of, like, that side of things um, that's being affected, and the Lodges have been kind of free of Black Hood stuff. So I, I think some kind of tangent with that, but I also, I, I kind of, like, like your theory a lot. Oh, about Claudius and, and Cliff? yeah. Yeah. My theory is that the Black Hood is beloved character actor Richard Kind. Yes, we've discussed this before. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably is correct because it and looks like Richard Kind the first time we see him in and season one. Times after. Yeah. Also, wait, this is what I want to say. Oh, I just remember this. The Black Hood who shoots Fred is not built like Hal or like Cliff. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Like, they're kind of. I mean, I think they kind of look similar, though. I think the black hood that went after Chick did. I don't think oh. the one that went after Fred did. That's worth a rewind and a talk about at a later date. I feel. Yeah. I think so, there yeah. are multiple black hoods. I think there is as well. I agree with that. Black hoods that are interacting with Archie and black hoods that are interacting with Betty. Yeah. It's sort of this targeted approach. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, crush list. Who do we all have crushes on? Why don't you go first, Louis? Number one, Fangs. Okay. Because he's going to be off the show now, so I, I have to say Fangs. Number two, Moose. Uh-huh. Because he's the cutest. And number three, because her clothes were great and she looked great in the lingerie, Veronica. Okay. Yeah. Similar to mine. Okay. Number one was Moose. Uh-huh. Number two is Fangs. Yeah. Number three was Cheryl. Sure. Totally makes sense. What about you, Perry? Um, definitely Cheryl. She had like a really interesting lip color this time. It was like more of like a mauvey brown. Yeah. Her, her lipstick is out of control and I like it so much. That actress, Madeline Petch, now has a clothing line at several department stores. If anybody, really? either of you wants to start. Does she have clothes or just the sunglasses? I think she has like, I think it's accessories. But the line is called Madeline, if anybody, if any of you want to look like Madeline Patch. <laughs> Madeline, spelled Madeline. Sorry, Madeline. I apologize, Madeline. She well, they also have a lot of, um, 
just because I work in advertising, so I notice this. They have so many like product placement for makeup in this show. It's insane. Come on, come on, come on. That's our big joke about all of season one. Is it's like literally characters running around just being like, "Cover girl, cover girl, cover girl." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, I like Reggie, mm-hmm. and he was like highlighted a lot in this episode. He's like has like a really cool look that I feel like a lot of shows don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I like Jughead every single time. So yes, he's, Jughead is gorgeous on the yeah. show. Uh, I literally got a text. This is great from a friend of mine who's now watching through all of Riverdale. And he texted me while we've been on this podcast with just the text. So Jughead's the best character, right? Yeah. Like he just knows, you know, he knows. <laughs> Let's talk about, well, I actually, Oh, I just remembered I had one more theory. Okay. That Reggie is playing so hard against Fangs because maybe he had a thing with Midge too. Oh, th- I did want to talk about that. In the comics, Reggie is always after Midge. Yeah. And then he gets a pummeling from Moose because Moose doesn't like anybody looking at his gal. So if Reggie is this angry about Midge dying, maybe it's because it's someone he had real feelings for and she is yeah. dead. And he was keeping them all inside in a very jockey masculine way, you know? Yeah, because no. there's no way there's there's so much anger that he had. It was so out of nowhere. There has to be. They're gonna. Ex- they have to explain that, or maybe they won't. Yeah. Well, if they don't, it's a, it's like a deficit on the show. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, want to hear about the two possible episode titles for next week? Yes. So the first one I saw was Judgment Night, which is a 1993 Emilio Estevez movie. Yep. Where some guys witness a murder. Mm-hmm. And the second one was Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is a movie from 2017 about a family that needs to, a woman that needs to make unthinkable sacrifice when life starts falling apart. It's probably like a Betty uh, thing. If that's the one that it is, it could be Judgment Night and someone witnesses a murder. Yeah. You know what I'm guessing based on the last season? And maybe this will be wrong. I'm guessing in the next episode we will know conclusively who the Black Hood is. Oh, and yeah. Then- the next episode, the season finale, will be like the denouement, and then we'll kick yeah. off the cliffhanger ending into season three. Yeah, I hope. We, I hope. I hope Black Hood doesn't drag it to season three. I absolutely do not think it will, based on um, some interviews I've read, and also just it would be in poor form. I yeah. think to make us have a gap where we just don't know what's going on with Black Hood. I think that this season will be known within the 12 seasons that the show is going to get as the Black Hood season, you know? Yeah. Just like Party of Five has the Charlie Cancer season, you know? Yeah, the first season was Jason Blossom. The second season's Black Hood. Third season is Longest Monster. Yeah. (laughs) I I hope so. Oh, yeah. It would be such a delightful turn. It would be nice, and, like, Cheryl just, like, ride the Loch Ness Monster around because she's a witch. <laughs> like, like, that's what I want. Where the gang has fun. Yeah, like, I want it back to those kind of kind of, kind of of tales, you know? Well, back to those tales that we never had. I know. <laughs> the, the stuff that we sort of thought the show was going to be and didn't. But, you know, Perry, like, honestly, and this is for our listeners, too, if you do really love the characters and you want to see them g- really going on batshit crazy adventures that are... Uh, not as frightening and as uh, adult, you know, there's 75 years worth of comics, some which are really great, where like shit like that happens literally in every issue. 
you know, there's like a Loch Ness monster and they become friends with it. Or, you know, they all travel to India for no reason other than just to like, you know, like be in a Bollywood movie, you know, like (laughs) stuff like that. So like, you know, there's a lot of material. Uh, and, uh, you know, tweet at me if you want recommendations. I'm always happy to give them. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so Perry, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, of course. I'm like, now I feel like I want to rewatch the episode and just, I am very scared of Riverdale though. I want everyone to know, like it, I, it, it genuinely scares me. <laughs> like, I, I think that for a network show that's for teenagers, there's very genuinely frightening parts yeah. of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one. I don't think like, you're, you know, like there's some shows where people are like, it's too scary for me. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Did you guys think that Midge being, sorry, just to, I'm not trying to drag this out longer, but I it's think fun. that was the scariest part of the whole series was when. I agree. Yeah. It like was, when she was like brutally killed like that and like displayed, I was like this, Jesus Christ, like this that was CW11. <laughs> This this show only has a few gasp out loud moments, and that's certainly one of them. Yeah. Uh, I'd say another one was when Cheryl – I mean, I talk about this all the time because I, I found it really left an impression on me. In the final episode of the first season when Cheryl falls through the ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's just, like, gorgeous and crazy I, and, yeah. The number one thing that, like, raised the hair on my body and really creeped me out was – at the right after Midge died, when Jughead's film was panning the audience and Chick was sitting still. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that was really scary too. It mm-hmm. spooked me out. And also, maybe Chick is somehow involved. Yeah, you know? yeah, we'll see because he's certainly not dead. There's no way. No. Yeah. no. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for being on and. Yeah, um, Check us out on Twitter and on Tumblr and on Facebook. We're there. It seems like these days everybody wants to talk to us on Twitter. That's fine. Yep. We're there for you. Uh, Thank you to our editor, Alicia Camden. Thank you to our song writer, our theme song maker, Louis Aronowitz. Uh, Uh, Thank you to the listeners. Yes, thank you to our listeners. Seriously, we really appreciate it. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. And our special guest, one more time, for Perry Gross. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say. Hi, I'm I'm Perry Gross. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been XO, XO, Riverdale. Riverdale.